Well, bless the Lord, we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. We are more than conquerors. In other words, we're champions. No matter where you put us, we are more than conquerors. We will come out with victory in our hand. I want to speak to you for the next two, three, four, five weeks. I'm going to catapult it over onto Wednesday nights. But I want to talk to you about faith beyond reason. Not faith beyond wisdom. What is that? Failure waiting to happen. I said failure waiting to happen. If you have money in your pocket, you drive by a gas station believing God will put gas in your car, I'll see you walking down the road with a can. God doesn't expect you to be stupid. God doesn't expect you to be inactive. Say, well, I'm just going to use my faith. Well, if you have money in your pocket, faith has already done something. And so I'm wanting to talk about faith beyond reason, not beyond wisdom. Sometimes people think faith is foolishness. God's not a foolish God. God is not an imbecile. God is not a God that has to convince someone that faith is active or producing. The word reason is simply that which is practical, that which is common, that which is an experience an explanation of an action. It is something that is a logical conclusion to what you should do. Now, we are not people born of the logical mind. Everything about our faith is beyond reason. A virgin had a child that came from God, they called his name Emmanuel. A woman having a child without knowing a man is not reasonable. To exercise any type of strength or confidence or deep persuasions in such things is usually considered a fairy tale. But we know that ours is not a fairy tale. Amen? So we're going to talk about things beyond reason. And I'm going to talk about faith. And if you are here today, it doesn't matter how many times you hear it, I'm doing a prolonged study on faith right now. And uh, well, does faith work? Well, faith works. But it hasn't done everything that faith can do. Okay. So I want to talk to you about faith. 
Faith is something that God has used, Hebrews 11.3, and that we understand through faith that the world were framed by the word of God so that the things that are seen were not made or the things that happened were not made by things that do appear. Everything that we see right now was made of two ingredients, the Word of God and faith. The Word of God and faith. Now those two have to meet someplace in order for us to get a faith result. Amen? Now I realize that many of us say, well, you know, I, I have tried faith things. Well, let me say this, that faith is an unfailing, unfailable, infallible substance. The only thing that fails about faith is the person using it. And so you and I would have to understand that if we had faith, if God set back in order a chaotic system when everything was dark, bleak, hopeless, and God took and spoke his word mixed with faith and brought order back to a system that was able to even this day support mankind. So we're going to talk about faith and I do encourage you in the coming days that are going to happen you are going to have to use your faith Jesus asked the question when I come will I find faith so that would tell you that everything that is going on has a potential to affect the faith in the believer's life to an extent that it could become non-existent. The problem about things being stolen from us is that we usually don't know they're gone until we need them. Amen? And so we're going to talk about faith. Hallelujah. And I love it. Number one thing about faith, let's go to Romans 12, 3. Romans 12, 3. Hallelujah. And it says this, For this I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath given to some men a great measure of faith. To every man. Somebody say every man. Now we do know that it is not talking about every human being because Second Thessalonians 3 says that unreasonable and wicked men do not have faith. They cannot be trusted with faith. 
And so they don't have faith, but the righteous have faith. And faith is a byproduct of righteousness between man and God. And if you'll go to uh, 2 Peter 1, 2, so let's realize that God has given to every man the measure of faith. Somebody say, I have it. If you're born again, you have faith. Don't ever doubt your faith. If you're going to doubt anything, doubt what is trying to get you to doubt. But never doubt your faith. Never. And then it says this. And it says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained. Now, if you don't believe that you have what Peter has, you can't read this book anymore. Just close it up and keep it taped up, put furnace tape over it, whatever. And it says, to them that have obtained like precious faith. What kind of faith do you have? The same kind of faith that was given to Peter, the apostle. And then it says this, with us through the righteousness of God. In other words, faith is a byproduct of a right standing with God. So people that don't have a right standing with God do not have a measure of faith. And then it says, of our Savior Jesus Christ. Then let's go to 1 John 5, 1 John 5 and verse 4. And so I'm just putting these out to show you that you have faith. You have faith. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh, overcometh the world. Now, this is where the victory that overcomes the world that we're in is, and that's even our faith. Your faith empowers, enables you to transform any situation into a victorious outcome in Christ, no matter where you are. We can do all things through Christ is not a lie. But it is a shunned reality. And then it goes on next verse. And it says, who is he that overcometh the world? Now remember the world is Satan's dominion. It is a world that lies in wickedness right now. It is corrupt to its core. It is opposed to God with every fiber in it. It is opposed to anyone that alludes to believing, trusting, or relying on God. And so that is the world. It is Satan's kingdom. Now, it can be turned upside down, Because the Bible says in Acts, these are they that have turned the world, the kingdom of darkness, that which is filled with 
wickedness. They have reversed it and turned it upside down. And then it says this, the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, how many of you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? <clears throat> then you have been given a measure of faith. Now, the reason that you have that faith, that faith is a byproduct of righteousness, and it is a protection of your righteousness. Without faith, men will easily be tempted back into sin. And then man loses because he's wicked and unreasonable. He loses the measure of faith that's been given to him. So we see that we have faith. Somebody say, I have faith. That's never a problem. You have faith. If you have stayed saved for one day, you have faith enough to defeat the devil. Now, I say this because it's not so much about a faith issue. It's us having confidence in faith and taking a stand to see its rewards. Many of us are byproducts of shipwrecked, failed faith endeavors. That's why we don't pray. That's why we don't execute things that's why we don't stand that's why we waver that's why we cave in because someplace along the line we think that faith failed us which is not true it is impossible love never fails faith never fails because God never fails and they are byproducts and characteristics of God they are characteristics of old things being passed away and behold all things becoming new we're new creatures we're made in the image of God and one of those reflections of God is faith faith but when we think that faith has failed us we believe a lie we lose confidence in faith. If you could give me anything in the world, don't give me an army, don't give me $15 billion, don't give me a gun, don't give me a warehouse full of food, give me faith. Why? Because if I use it and mix it with the Scripture, Everything that I would need would be manifest from sources that I do not know that are reaching out to me. But they are the streams of God. Yeah. That's why we pray. Why would anybody pray if they didn't believe that God was the source of something greater than man could do. Why are we praying for the Ukraine? Because we are believing God for an intervention. 
Well, what about this? Yeah, but they're doing this, they're doing that. Look, believe what you have prayed. Don't set yourself up to disconnect your faith from a faithful God. Amen? Now, you have faith. And whatever faith did before, if I would ask you, David, David, how do I love people? You'd take me to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and you'd start just reading the scriptures. You'd say, that's what love does. If you don't do that, then you're not in love. Wouldn't you? Well, that's because love never changes. Faith never changes. It is a law. It is an eternal law, and it is a law of faith. And it will not be broken because God watches over his word to perform it. Now, I'm saying all these things that you've probably heard a million times. I'm saying them because I'm trying to breathe new life into your faith. And to stop the intimidation of believers by a thing called fear. You know that's what the word fear means? To be intimidated. That's what it means. It means to get you to draw back from something that you think is greater than you are prepared for. So what do we do? I could give you dozens. Where's discouragement come from? Well, ask David. In 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, when the enemy looked like he had stolen everything from David and all was lost. Men were broken, crying, hopeless, getting ready to take their anger and their hurt out on David. Because that's what discouragement always does. It always seeks revenge in its blindness. And discouraged people are blinded by faithlessness. Why are you discouraged? Well, well you just don't know. I don't know what. Tell me what I don't You don't know what they said. A lie is but for a moment. Why are you investing so much time in it? Why are you trying to protect yourself when God said he would uphold you? Why are you trying to justify yourself when God does such a better job than you do? But see, these are manifestations of faithlessness. And they're running rampant in the church world. Oh, I, I'm just discouraged. I, I'm just tired. I'm just this. I'm just, no, you're faithless. Now, I'm not trying to be mean to you. But you know, if you don't tell a dog that he's a dog, he'll never take advantage of the fire uh, cistern down the road. Now, I'm, I am just telling you that deception 
of intimidation and fear are more subtle and we are allowing it to steal our faith and we are becoming something that we are not. We are overcomers. In other words, pull your pants up and overcome discouragement. Do what David did. He began to speak into the ephod. He began to remember what God said about him. He began to remember his past victories. But he did not rehearse everybody else's nor his failure. What is that? That is faithlessness. I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm just trying to be so simple that if I was you, I'd get it. Now, I'm telling you, we're being molded by the absence of faith into a representation of a God that does not exist. We are made in the image of God. God is never discouraged. But when we allow that image to be perverted by intimidation or by fear, frustration, whatever you want to call it, then what we do is we begin to reflect an image that is not of God at all. So why does the world want to be discouraged like you? Well, 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 well they're, they're, they're on antidepressants. If that's what it takes, then go get it. But my word, quit being so defeated men mentally that you can't even get up a shout when the sun doesn't shine. Folks, we, we have got to become who we are. And it's only faith that will produce the fullness of that seed that is in us. Discouragement. Why are people offended? Or, or let, let me tell you, lack of faith. Lack of faith. And it so separates you from what God wants to do that he tells you before you do anything else, Go to your altar, and if you remember there, your brother is offended at you, you leave your sacrifice there. Why? Because without a purity of faith, your sacrifice will not even go as far as the smoke that it's giving off. People are offended because they are faithless. And when you're faithless, you are always looking for a reason why you aren't succeeding. There's only one reason that you're not succeeding. You have allowed faith to become idle. Why do people create division? Because they are so insecure of their self. 
that they can't stand just with God. Just with God. The Bible said God hates a person that sows discord among the brother. Why would you listen to a report about another? Why would you do that? It's not your nature. But because you are drawing sides and grafting people in with you because you think more people that agree with you, the more right you are. Not true at all. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. It'll make you carnal. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. What is unforgiveness? Well, when the disciples were told by Jesus, forgive your brother seven times seven, they didn't say, oh God, Jesus, give us more love. Doesn't it take love to forgive? It takes faith to forgive. They said, increase our faith. Increase our faith. I'm just telling you some of the reasons why people don't live in faith. Now, you don't have to live in faith. You can die in unbelief. You Look, just, just void yourself of faith. You can do whatever you want. But I'm just telling you, faith was given to you to live by. And if you abort the laws of faith, you will ultimately live in a realm of faithlessness. So we have to make sure that we have forgiveness. You can't do enough wrong to me to get me not to forgive you. Why? Because if I forget to forgive you, God will not forgive me. Oh, yeah, but God will understand no, what you need to do is read the Bible and believe it. God will not give you leeway when you openly, consistently rebel against him in disobedience. Now, he's not going to do it. You say, oh, man, but I, I want a good message. I just gave you a good one. You know, you're going to have to go to the donut shop to get anything sweeter than that. The fear of need. Why do banks thrive and people become bound by death? Faithlessness. The fear of need. The fear of need. The fear of need causes many things. It can cause lies. It can cause deception, cheating. It can, it can cause just a whole array of stuff. But where does it come from? Faithlessness. We cheat on our taxes because we want to save a nickel. We do those things. You know, we hold the hose up, clear back to the thing because we want to get every penny. We want to do all those things, but we are paralyzed 
by need. When need should never paralyze us, it should motivate us. To faith. Yes, hallelujah. Why do people commit sin? Why do they live in a perpetual lifestyle of rebellion against righteousness? Faithlessness. Faithlessness. We become intimidated by the people around us, by the situation we're going through, whatever it might be. And so what we do is we do wrong things to get by. Well, understand this. God's not a man. He really doesn't understand. Now let me say this very quietly. He doesn't understand such compromise that executes death upon an individual. He would never think like that. And we should never think like that. Amen. All righty. Hallelujah. Praise God. We, as believers, can transform our lifestyles. Could I go to... Uh, Mark the ninth chapter, but let's go down to about the 18th verse. Mark 9, 18. Wow. And wheresoever, talking about the spirit, the deaf and dumb spirit, whithersoever he taketh him, the personality, the devil, demon, whichever, he teareth him, he foameth, and gnashes with his teeth, and he pineth away. Now I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered and said unto them, You don't have no power. What, what did he say? Faithlessness. Now the word that ultimately comes out of all these next following verses is, Unbelief. Unbelief is not faithlessness. It is the ability or the inability to use faith in a certain situation. Doesn't mean you don't have faith. But Jesus calls it, when you have unbelief in your life, faithlessness is going to rule you. In other words, it'll never be active. And you can only overcome unbelief by prayer and fasting because it's deeply rooted in man. And uh, then it says this, O generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him trying to intimidate him. And he fell on the ground, and he wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father, how long ago is this since it came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oftentimes he had cast him into the fire, into the water, 
to destroy him. If thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, let's keep on that verse right there. Notice this man asked for help and compassion. What keeps people from receiving it? Faithlessness. It's not that God isn't. It's that people aren't. And then it says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, give me more faith. Lord, give me more power. Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. And when Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. Now let me deal with parents right now. The reason I'm not being mean to you, but I would be less than truthful if I told you your children are not saved because you have failed your faith. You don't pray for him with a fervor in the day. You don't pray for him like eternity is waiting. You don't pray for him just because they're living like sinners. You don't pray for him. You're just glad they're blessed, glad they're making it, glad they got a nice house and a nice car, good job. You're just glad at that. That's not to be glad about. You can only celebrate in one's salvation. But, but I, I've prayed in my children. I don't care what your children think, do, say, or are involved in. I don't care if they are the vice uh, or what do they call assistant pastor to the church of Satan. I don't care. Because God said, if you would believe, Get your faith up out of the gutters that you left it, dust it off, and get your kids into the kingdom of God because the king is coming and he's taking the church out of this earth. Now listen, if God would not save your children, he would violate his promise. If God would not or could not save your children, then faith would fail. Faith does not fail. We fail faith. The other day, Phyllis and I was watching a TV show. We are supporters of St. Jude's Hospital. I'm a big believer in it. And that little girl they had on had her head shaved and, and Phyllis said, oh, that devil. I said, it's not a devil problem. I said, honey, I love you, but you know what? It's a bigger problem with you and I not using our faith and counting her life. 
worth more than everything else we're filling ours with. That's the problem. Don't ever tell me that what's happening is because of the devil. What's happening is because of an inactive faith in believers. I'm telling you, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. We have got to stop surrendering when there's no reason to surrender. We already know what's going to happen. So just stand fast and see the salvation of the Lord. You and I have faith. Do you understand that we are the most powerful thing in all of creation because we have faith? It is that faith that God used to raise his son from the dead. It is the faith that his son used to raise others from the dead. It is the faith that John the Revelator used to go through boiling pots of oil and still live. It is the same faith that the Apostle Peter was hung upside down and crucified. It is the same faith that James used when he was killed. It's the same faith that Jeremiah used when he was sawn asunder into pieces. It is that faith that keeps us by the power of God. Do you understand that that power has said that no weapon formed against us will prosper? Why should we fear? The devil is not in charge. The mountain cannot be immovable. The person with faith can move it. So I'm telling you, your children are being taken by the devil into drug houses, into prostitution, into trafficking, into alcoholism, into thievery, into deception. No matter where the devil is taking them to destroy them, all you need to do is believe and set your faith in motion. Come on, could somebody agree with me? So why are we giving up? Why is the reports always, well, they aren't living for Jesus? Don't give up until they do. Don't give up until they do. Oh, but you just don't know them, them hard-headed things. They're just like their mother. I know it. I, I, I understand. People get rock-headed. They get crazy, man. People don't even take drugs, act like they're on them. But you can't let that detour you. 
Do you understand before this war started, before the foundations of the earth, God saw you, saw your children, and he gave them to you. Why? He trusts you more than anybody else for their well-being. You know, people think I'm an extreme grandfather. That's because I'm born of an extreme father. God is extreme towards me. Whatsoever you desire, just ask me, Pete. I'll do it for you. I, I know you might have a list of why I shouldn't ask and all that. The other well, it was just yesterday, I was looking at some stuff, and I said, God, I, I, I need some money. He said, what for? I said, well, this is what I'd like to have. He said, don't you have one of them? I said, yeah, but I'd like to have a bigger one. You do it all the time, too. You go to the dress shop and you wear a size six. You haven't tried any clothes on for the last eight months. You say, I need a bigger one. I want a bigger one. And so, and I got to thinking and then, and I finally... Later that night, about 11.30, I said, you know, God, I don't need that. I, I just don't need that. You know, I don't want it. Now, in my greedy mind, I thought, God will probably just go ahead and give it to me anyway, despite my... You. But really, I decided, God, I, I don't need that. I don't want that. I, I know that you'll do that. I know that you'll give it to me just because... I like you and I love you and you love me. My grandchildren don't have to explain to me 15 ways of why they want something. Now, I am grateful for the time that has passed and at least I can wear their underwear and get back at them for wearing mine. Now I'm telling them, hey, when you grow out of those shoes, could I have them? Well, I'm an extreme grandpa, but I have an extreme heavenly father. And he doesn't have any problems in allowing me to partake of all of the blessings of Abraham. What, what, what if you get greedy? Well, then what happened to me last night would happen to me again. I realized I didn't need a bigger one. But, would have been nice, but I, I just went God's way. All right. So, hallelujah. Praise God. So, wow. What time is it one hair past a freckle all right mark eleven twenty two said this if you'll use your faith like god 
because it comes from God, you can say to the mountain, how many of us are wrestling with things that we should not be wasting time on? It's time for us to just get busy and start using our faith. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's get started with it. Amen. Remember that when the storm rose up, Jesus stood in the bow of the boat and cursed and commanded the wind to cease and for there to be peace. And the men said this, what kind of man is this? Because during the storm, they had become faithless. What kind of man and woman are we? Are we going to give up because the boat looks like it's going under? Always be of good courage, folks. It can only go to the bottom. I mean, it's not like it goes clear to China. It may have been made in China, but it's only going to the bottom. And believe me, when you get out of that boat, you'll know which way you're supposed to go. You'll go up like a cork. Now, now that is the time to use your faith that the sharks don't eat you and all that. But notice that they asked Jesus, what kind of man is this? Well, he's the man born of God. He's the same kind of man they were. He's the same kind of man that you are. No weapon formed against us will prosper. It will not prosper. Hebrews 6.12 says that we can obtain every promise through faith and patience. Every promise. Every promise. Every one. Not one of them is withheld. Now they are fought against by the enemy, but we are not afraid of the devil. Amen? Because we don't fight alone. We fight with God on our side. I went and seen a movie one time. It was uh, called The Bear. And uh, here come this mountain lion out. This little cub was here. He's about this big and he got up on a rock and he said, ah. And that lion was a roaring and all of a sudden that lion went, Well, that made the little bear go, rawr, rawr. So then they brought the camera back, and behind the camera was Mama. We never fight alone. If you're praying for your children, the Holy Ghost is on your side. Yep. He won't let them go unless you do. Don't let him go. Galatians 3, 5, he that worketh miracles. He that invites the divine 
arm of God that is not short, but can save into a situation, he does it by faith. He does it by faith. You are better than you think you are. You are more powerful than you have ever imagined. The devil knows who's in charge just like he did with Jesus. Have you come to torment us before our time? Remember they came back and said, the devils are subject to us and they're subject to you. Let us not be intimidated by time frames, by days, weeks, months, or changing attitudes or situations. Let's rise up and live by faith. Amen? Tell you one thing not to do, then we're closing. Number one, don't take any thought about it not working or God failing you. Jesus said, don't take any thought, O ye of little faith. Don't take a thought. Too many of us have allowed thoughts to build strongholds. Our children are headed hopelessly to an oblivious end without God. Our communities, our nation, all of it is lying within the balance of people that are empowered with faith. What will we do? Well, let's pray and Make America great. Maybe it will be, maybe it won't be. That's not why we have faith. We have faith to serve God. And whether America comes out on top or whether it comes out on the bottom, let's just believe that everybody in America will be saved. Amen? Wouldn't that be a whole lot better than just us having a better America. And let's face it, till I become president, it ain't going to be as good as it could. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Let's lift our hands up towards heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, you have positioned us geographically and by divine timing for a time such as this. Each and every one of us have a touch of Esther's destiny upon us. God, we pray for Poland. We pray for Lafika. Lafita. We pray, God, for the Ukraine. We pray, God, for the leaders of other nations. We pray, God, that you would give them wisdom. 
direction gone. Fortitude and perseverance. We pray, God, that you would confuse our enemies as you did the Syrian army by just four lepers. We pray, God, that the leaders of Russia that have formulated this unjust war, we pray, God, that you would cause them to be confused, cause their equipment, God, to live short lives. We ask, God, that the morale in the army would begin to disintegrate. That, God, they will lose the heart for war. And, God, we ask that you protect the people of these nations. We pray, God, that they would be strong and that, God, you would be the fortress behind them. God, you've heard the prayers of the Ukrainian people. You, God, have heard the prayers of the American church. God, you hear our prayers today and how grateful we are. God, we wish that no one would be hurt in any way, shape, or form. But God, we ask you to move your hand against unjust enemies that have invaded these countries. Now, God, let words begin to come from people's mouths that will cause a bridge of unity and understanding. That God, war would not be the alternative. We ask God that humanitarian supplies and help would make it through that you would protect those people. Be with them. God, that medical help and supplies can get through. God, visit those that need to be visited in a dream. Just like you did Pharaoh, God, speak to him. Just like you did Nebuchadnezzar, God, speak to him. You are a voice into the leaders of these countries. Now, God, we ask you even to watch over people from our church that are over there ministering to people, caring for people. We ask, God, that you would watch over them, keep them. Let us not forget to pray for people that would give such a price for someone that they do not even know. Help us, God, to be vigilant. Let us be persistent. Let us, God, not grow weary. And God, secondly, we ask you to save America. Every soul that is in this nation, let them hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise God. With every head bowed, please, let's just pray this prayer, everybody. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe 
in your son Jesus Christ. I believe in his shed blood. I believe in the love bestowed at the cross. I believe he was raised from the dead. I believe that he is now Lord and Christ. Come into my heart, Jesus. I will live for you this day. As you have died for me, I will now live for you. I thank you, God, that I'm washed in the blood. I'm born again. I belong to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, there's going to be altar workers up here. And uh, so I ask that you just come out of your seat. Take just a moment. Come down and share with them that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. They'll give you a little booklet and so forth. <clears throat> and they'll pray with you. Praise God. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Somebody say spring is on its way. coming to my house <laughs> praise God let's pray father in the name of Jesus I lose blessing and next week after the service we're going to be laying hands on everybody and it's going to begin to be a pretty common practice we're going to start laying hands on people and I'm telling you God is just going to transition people the second most powerful thing in the world besides the touch of God is the touch of a human being. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lose blessing, increase, favor God, protection, wisdom and counsel. I ask God that you would order our steps, lead us by your spirit, that, God, we would walk in the favor of the Lord. That, God, our voice would have weight with it that we can celebrate and that we can share with every social class of people in this world. Now, God, go before us, go with us, go behind us. God, we give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Don't forget, if you prayed that prayer, please come up front here. God bless you guys. See you later. Hallelujah.